Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Word that I'm going to be reflecting on, uh, at least in part today, Luke 21, verse 36. Stay awake at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that are going to take place, and to stand before the Son of Man. That's our word for this morning. You may be seated. So I don't know if it was uh, the snow that none of us really anticipated uh, this past Monday, or if it was the fact that town is already decorated in lights much like you see our, our sanctuary is, or if it was the fact that I had the office mostly to myself in the morning uh, because it was a snow day for a little bit, but I was going through the halls of the office with a song in my head, uh, Andy Williams' song, maybe you're familiar with it, it's, it's the most wonderful time of the year. You know it, right? It's the most wonderful time of the year where the kids jingle belling and people are telling you, be of good. Oh man, there are some of you who aren't actually Lutheran. You responded. The last couple of services, it's been like. But there's other lines in this. It says, There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. That was Monday, and then I suddenly realized that this is Sunday, and I have a sermon to prepare, so I had to snap back to reality. And then wouldn't you know, a God's sense of humor, right? He's got a sense of humor. I get to read the appointed lessons for today, and this is what I see. All right, there'll be nations in distress. There'll be people fainting with fear, and the powers of the heaven will be shaken. And then we get words like I just shared just a moment ago. Stay awake at all times, praying that you would have the strength to escape all these things that are going to take place, and to stand before the Son of Man. (laughs) Holly jolly message. Is this a wonderful time of year kind of thought? Actually, it is a loving invitation from our Heavenly Father. It's one that not only gets us to recall the Christmas of long ago, but to get our hearts to anticipate the most wonderful day of the world, which is the last day, the day that Jesus returns. The rest of this message is going to be an opportunity for us to, to focus on this Advent invitation that I've come up with. It's one that uh, is going to get us to to reflect on the fact that Jesus is coming back. You and I have been invited to the last day. There's not a single one of us that is going to miss it. It's not going to be a day where Jesus comes showing up like a helpless little baby. No, he's going to be the King of kings and and the Lord of lords. For some of us, it's going to be a day of redemption and rescue. For others, as the Bible does describe it, will be a day of fear and and foreboding. And and I wish I could tell you what day it was going to be taking place, but God chose in his wisdom not to reveal it to us, maybe because he realizes we couldn't handle it, that kind of information. But we know, because he tells us that it is coming, and when it does come, it's going to be awesome. What do we do with this invitation for God? In your service bulletin, I actually kind of fleshed one out, this invitation. So if you want to take a look at it, page 3 of your service bulletin. This invitation from the Lord, the scriptures inspired. Um, Jesus in Revelation 
tells us he's coming soon, that we're all invited to the last day. We don't know when it's going to be taking place. It could happen at any moment. And there's a spot for us to RSVP. And the common etiquette is anytime there's an invitation with an RSVP, what do you do? You respond. You don't just show up. You, you respond. Now, with Jesus, it's not a one-time, hey, I'll be there. He wants a whole life response because of the work that he's done for us on the cross, the forgiveness that he's worked for us. And, and so I've, I've laid this out. This is the whole sermon right here. Okay. You want to jot these down? Uh, it's to respond in faith. It's to see temptations for what they are. It's to voice the truth or to give voice to the truth. And then it's to pray in all circumstances. So we want to respond, we want to see, we want to voice, and we want to pray. Now, the challenge with any kind of a message like this one is that it's old news. We've been hearing the fact that Jesus is coming back as a Christian body for some 2,000 years. Ever since he ascended to be with the Lord, we've been told that Jesus is coming back. And to, to, to note, take note of the signs that will be taking place. It's going to be a day that, though, is not going to be easily ignored. We're not going to not realize it didn't happen. Who here was aware that there was an, uh, an uh, earthquake in Alaska? Okay, some of you know. Okay. Well, it was an isolated event, 7.0 on, on the Richter scale. Thank you, Lord, that lives were spared. But I wonder what was going through their mind when their earth was shaken. Any of you around June 21st, 1996, here in Frankenmuth? What happened then? F3 tornado ripped through town, right? And I've talked to some of you, and you were running for cover. Got in just a nick of time to the basement. For me, it was October 17, 1989, Loma Prieta earthquake out in California. I was leaning back in my chair when that thing stuck. <laughs> Boom, I'm on my back, scrambling for cover, wondering, is this it? This has got to be it. I was only 15 years old. This is the big one. Life was over. Those are all isolated events. The way that God describes this is we are not going to be able to ignore the last day. It is going to be a global event. And people will be trying to run and duck and hide for cover. They'll be curling up with fear. They'll be trying to hide, but there is no place to hide. And Jesus knows this. And so he tells us this, something to reflect on in the Scripture. He gives us these words. He says, when these things begin to take place, you're not like this, but you straighten up and you raise your head because you know that your redemption is drawing near. You know what these signs mean. And instead of fear, we, we look towards the heavens. And instead of, what does this all mean? We trust God. We trust God because He's laid this all out. He said it's going to happen and, and your redemption is near. Jesus also wants us to be able to see temptations for what they are. This world, and, and in reality our own sinful nature, wants to lure us or to entice us or to seduce us away from the heart of God, away from things like anticipating his, his coming. And, and Jesus knows that too. And so he tells us in Luke 30, 21, 34, be on guard that your hearts may not be weighed down with dissipation. Talk about that word in just a second. Or drunkenness and, and the worries of life. And that they come on you suddenly 
like a trap. Now, I had to look up this word dissipation and what it actually means. And apparently, Jesus is, is warning us to guard our hearts against pursuing things that really have no value. He's not mincing any words. He's basically saying, stop wasting your time chasing after things that really don't mean anything at all. Whoa. Consider every single advertisement that you've seen on TV since October 31st, up until Christmas, right? you got to have it. <laughs> your Christmas isn't going to be the same without it. iPhone 10X or whatever it is, $1,000, it's yours. Your life will be better for it. We don't need to be chasing after the latest and greatest toys or the latest and greatest tech gadgets or, or whatever else we chase after that is really a dangling meant to hold our attention and keep us away from our Lord. Jesus also warns against other things that clamor for our attention. He calls those things the worries of life. Maybe it's uh, you're wondering what the next pet check is going to bring. Uh, because you have racked up a little too much on your credit card for Christmas. Or you're worried about the economy, or you're worried about the weather, or your health. So Jesus is asking you today, what has your attention? What are you preoccupied with? Listen, I get it. Some of these things we cannot escape. We can't. It's, it's a product of living in a, in a fallen world. But there is a battle for your soul. And that battle has already been won. That Jesus Christ going to the cross and, and taking on that, that sin, all those things that mean to lure us away from him, and taking it to the cross and, and, and putting it to death there so that it would not have any power over us and giving us freedom and, and new life and, and a gift of things like everlasting life. He wants us to live in light of that eternity and to see temptations for what they are. Empty promises when he has the promise. So as we respond in faith and we see temptations for what they are, God also wants us to give voice to the truth, his truth. It is becoming quite popular nowadays for many to take the Christian message and say, you do not have a right to proclaim certain ideas anymore. Because to do so would be, one, misogynistic, or two, bigoted. We'll take it for example. You're not allowed to talk about abortion because it portrays a hatred of women. You're not allowed to talk about marriage being between one man and one woman, and there may be a day when to do such things would be considered a hate crime, even here in the United States. And yet God does have something to say about such topics. He does have value that he places on all human life, right? From conception to resurrection. Just look at Psalm 51. Look at Psalm 139. He does have a design for marriage. Look at Genesis chapter 2. A marriage plan even before sin came into the world. As Christians, we need to be able to stand on God's truth and give voice to it. But there's another a truth that we also need to be mindful of and, and give voice to. And, and that's the fact that there are people dying apart from knowing Jesus Christ as Lord. Forever cut off from him. And here's the thing. I, I think we as a Christian church as a whole throughout the world are becoming too comfortable 
mean, because just for that to so easily come off of our lips. Oh, yeah, people are dying apart from Christ. And to not have that rock us to the core. There's something wrong. We've lost the sense of urgency. Of getting the message of hope out to a world that desperately needs to hear it. You see it played out in worship settings all over the world. Where... 25% of those that claim membership in a church show up on a regular basis, and the other 75, where are they? Eh. It's almost like we're saying, I'll worship when it fits into my schedule. It's a truth that we need to be mindful of. And how do we change it? One forgiven child at a time. It starts with us. It starts with us living in light of the the gift of forgiveness that God has given us, the the hope that we have, and living in, in daily repentance. He wants us to respond in faith to his invitation that we will be there at the last day. Respond in faith. See temptations for what they are. Empty promises. He wants us to give voice to the truth. And how do we do that? We pray in all circumstances. Jesus tells us in Luke 21, 36, stay awake at all times, praying that you would have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. He's saying in fervent, constant, intentional, direct prayer, knowing that these challenges are coming and that we're in the end times now. Knowing this, Jesus wants us to be talking to him on a regular basis. And that's one of the things I love about the fact that we as a congregation We're going to do that. Maybe you have someone that came to mind when when Pastor Adams mentioned this. And you can do this right now during my sermon. It's okay. But maybe jot down the name that God has placed on your heart. We're not going to see it. It's only between you and the Lord. Place that in the receptacles. And we as a community of believers will pray. We'll pray that God would do something in their lives that would compel them to draw closer to Him. It's a way of us living beyond ourselves as forgiven children. The last day is coming. We don't want to miss it. Amen? Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and lives in Christ Jesus. Amen.